My name is Nicole Braun, and you're listening to The Woo Woo Report, a weekly podcast where we celebrate the woo woo lifestyle and dig deeper to get our mystical questions answered. So, this episode is going to be focusing on. Uh, connecting with our ancestors, ancestral healing, um, creating that bond with our ancestors. This is coming from my experience. I'm not uh, an expert in the area. I have mentored with two amazing individuals who really have a strong focus on connecting with your ancestors and ancestral healing. And for me, it's really important work for me. Um, I'll get into the personal reason for that. But I wanted to share with that because this time of year, we're really feeling our ancestors step up. I believe they're asking for us to really look at ancestral healing um, for our well-being and our personal growth. And the veil is the thinnest right now. And there's just so much about the cultures and honoring the dead and those that have crossed over um, to the other side. So for me, I mentored under two individuals, um, the... The first one I mentored first under Dr. Stephen Farmer, uh, absolutely wonderful human. He has a book called Healing Ancestral Karma, highly recommend it. I really enjoy it because there's like prompts at the end of the chapters. I'm really action-based, so I really like having ways to utilize what I'm learning and to have those additional tools and guidance. So anyone else who's really into that, really suggest that book. I think it's, it's a really great book. Um, and he's just helped me a lot. It's come up with a lot of stuff with like my mother's side (laughs) with our sessions when we work together and my gifts and things like that. And then Tanette from the Conjure Goddess, um, I repost some of her stuff pretty frequently on my personal account and sometimes the woo woo report account. Um, a lot of her Instagram stuff is about her offerings with her like soaps and candles and oils. And I love her, her fixed candles, uh, crown of success is my personal favorite. I also love her blue money oil, but she has a lot of really great offerings like that. But she also offers mentorships about connecting with your ancestors, ancestral magic and things of that sort. And she's really helped me to find a way to connect with my ancestors, um, that, really for a long time I thought wasn't possible. Uh, so a little backstory about me, we'll get into some of the experiences I've had since connecting with my ancestors. Uh, one that goes back to only a week ago actually. And just you know how I found it to be so important in my healing journey and really honoring my authentic being um, and my gifts and, and my human experience. So I, if you're familiar with me on Instagram, um, I have my bio and, you know, most people who've seen me, um, I'm multiracial, uh, primarily half Celtic and half native. Um, my biological father is the native side. I don't have a relationship with him. I met him when I was, I think like six or seven, uh, I think seven, but I don't remember it, um just to let everyone know that you know, uh, I was going through some childhood sexual abuse around that age. Um, so I have a lot of like repressed memories. So I actually don't remember meeting him. 
um, and we don't have a relationship now. I'm really thankful that I've reconnected with my half-biological sister, so same biological dad, different moms. She's so she's so awesome and fantastic. I'm so thankful for that relationship, and you know, I really do believe I had to do some ancestral healing in order to really prepare myself for that relationship and to be open to receiving that love. Um, but I don't have a relationship with my, my biological father's side of the family. Uh, when I was born, um, the man that I refer to is my dad, my father. He's, he's my dad. He raised me. He, he is, uh, Jewish. He's white passing. Um, and my mom, she's the Celtic size, blonde hair, light blue, green eyes, light skin. Um, so when I was born, <laughs> uh, you know, there was some, uh, I was told that, you know, my, my dad that raised me, he signed the birth certificate. I was told that, you know, he never knew I wasn't his until they divorced and then my mom got a DNA test. But I don't know, right? I don't know the whole story. Um, I don't know if there's ego stuff involved. I don't know for sure. But either way, my dad's the one that raised me, but he's not my, my blood um, biological father. Right? I don't share his bloodline. And it was a really, it was a really big struggle for me growing up because um, I'm experienced, um, you know, I was bullied and made fun of for the way I looked and my skin color and had some racism and my, my white family that raised me really gaslit me a lot. And I just don't, you know, also, I don't think they knew how to handle it. Um, what to say, what to do it was just a lot of gaslighting. And so I repressed my native side a lot. One, cause I didn't know what that side of my family was like. Um, and because I really wanted to fit in um, and be accepted, and it seemed like that wasn't acceptable, uh, you know, by my family really, and wasn't acceptable by my peers, so I repressed a lot of that, and that was in a lot of my shadow work. Um, is that rejected part of myself and my my history? Um, and then when my biological father, uh, I found out about my biological father, I. I do think it was a relief. Like I did know that that is why I looked the way I looked and understood a lot more my, you know, what my mom was able to guide me in with that. Um, but it wasn't like the full thing. I didn't really know about our culture. I didn't know about, um, a lot of the rest of the family. I, I just didn't know. It was just kind of a mystery. Right. Um, and so it felt really hard for me, uh, to connect and, I'm really, you know, my mother has passed away. She passed away when I was 22. I'm 35 now. So I, I'm really thankful for the DNA test we can do. So I can geographically look at where I am from. And then I also was able to get, um, some family names and do some history. And I, only got so far because of where my father's side of the family's from. There's just not a lot of records kept about it. And it was frustrating. I felt really kind of defeated. I was like, I want to learn about this side of my family. I want to learn about this. Um, but I felt super defeated. I just kind of felt like I was, I was hitting a wall over and over again. And it just felt like part of me, um, you know, I know it wasn't missing. I know that it was always there. I just needed to, to, reconnect with that but I just kind of felt like I kept hitting these walls so my mother's side of the family um with her ancestral healing there was definitely a theme um and a lot of work I had to do with it 
And, but with my biological father's side of the family, um, Tanette was really able to help me create. She supported me in helping me set up an altar for them to connect with, you know, both sides, but um, really honored that, that side on my father's and create a space and call them in and know how to reach out to them um, with signs and meditations and dream work and really explore a relationship with them. And it took a lot of trust. Um, you know, I talk to spirits all the time, but it's still, you know, it's, it's personal now. Um, there is a more involved for my own journey. I have an attachment to it, right? I, there's more a, a risk of being disappointed in a lot of ways. And so I had this one ancestor come through, and this story I'm excited to talk about because it came up last week. Um, I had this one ancestor come through, and it was very surprising. Their energy was very surprising. And I know it's on my biological father's side. Um, and they've shown up to give me a lot of healing that has just been mind-blowing to me. Like, I was breaking down one time just, like, sobbing, and I just asked them. I was like, I, I, I need help right now. Like, I can't, you know, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old. Um, I was like, I can't. This was at one point this year, and I was like, I can't. I was like, I need you to help me. Like, I'm in so much pain right now. I really need a lot of help with, I need you to give me some healing. And my whole body got so warm. Oh, I'm like emotional talking about this. Um, and I just saw this beautiful light. And I just felt their presence so strongly. And I just allowed them to hold that space for me and just hold me and give me that healing. And then afterwards, it was like a purge has happened. It, it, I, it shifted something to me and I felt so much lighter and it was the most beautiful medicine. And if I, you know, if I didn't trust in spirit, I, I wouldn't have been given that opportunity um, to receive. And I was just so thankful that I was open to receiving that. But, you know, their, their energy is it's different than what I expected. Um, I think I expected my ancestors to be a little different. This one, um, last week, I, Brie, I had an interview. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I, she's been on the podcast. Um, whew, she's been on, I, you know, professional me wants to be like, let me take a moment and, and edit this, but I want to stay authentic in this moment. Um, okay. Mm, all right. <clears throat> Brie, um, she does energy work for me and we were doing a distance session last week and I, I always light a candle. I always light two candles when I'm just meditating my altar, having space, just connecting in with my team. Um, and also when I receive distance work from her, I always light one, and during my sessions too for clients, I always light one white candle and one black candle, black for protection and all of that. And I had scheduled a session with Brie. And we've done sessions before, 
she's had, uh, definitely check out her episode on here. She's an energy worker and super lovely. Um, and the session, it felt really good. And I really just, I just needed some, you know, I just needed that, that healing touch from her. And, um, I like sat up after the session. I always just kind of like to look at my altar and, uh, I went to put out the black candle first. And the fl- I noticed that the black candle is like the same height originally as the white candle. It had burnt like three or four times faster. It was like almost completely gone at this point. And the white one like hardly looked like it had burnt very much. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And then I noticed the flame on it was like four times higher than the white one. I was like, okay, that's weird too. But I just kind of looked at it and I kind of like checked in. I didn't really feel anything like strange. And I didn't do any like spell work or anything. It was just it's part of my ritual when I when I do my work, when I receive healing work from others. And I went to take my snuffer and put it out. Put out, it's smoking, smoke's going up. I was like, oh, okay. And it relights itself. This black candle relights itself. And I swear on my son's life, this happened. And trust me, I've never had this happen before. Um, I was like, holy crap, what is this? And it was very interesting to me because I was like, okay, hmm, I wonder if I'm just getting some extra protection magic, you know, healing from my ancestors right now, especially. Um, and Bree always emails, she sends an email at the end of her, her distance energy work. And she's like, hey, listen, I, I've never really brought this up before. She's like, but, you know, I feel we have a comfortable relationship now where I can say this. And she's like, you know, I feel this energy whenever I do um, distance work on you. And she described my ancestor. And my ancestor, it's not like, I feel this radiant, beautiful light. And it's not ominous. It's just kind of like intense. And what I think is so amazing is is exactly how this ancestor showed up to me is like small but mighty. Like, it's very like you wouldn't think they have that energy and that presence, but that's how they are. They also show up as a two spirit. And when she told me, she's like, I can't really identify. Like, I don't like, I feel like they are both. And I was like, Holy crap. I was like, that is them. Yep. I've had other people tell me that they've picked up on this. Um, not to that degree, but just kind of like there's something intense with you, like someone with you that's kind of intense um, or can seem like a little intimidating, I guess. That's, I mean, that's when I first met this ancestor in my dream world and then going on my meditations, it's, you know, I was intimidated even. I was like, whoa, who are you? (laughs) And I mean, that ancestor has just been amazing and I'm just so thankful to my mentor, especially to Nat for, Inter, you know, allow creating a space for me where I can meet them and knowing how to give me the guidance so I can create that relationship and I can meet them and I can open that. Um, but also with that, I want to talk a little bit about ancestral healing. So that ancestor I have, I feel like I'm doing healing work to really have a better relationship with them. Like they will show up for me, but I do think our relationship will get much closer the more that I do this work um, in my ancestral healing. And this is my experience with ancestral healing. So, you know, it's not gospel. I just want to share my experiences and my thoughts around it. Um, 
it's been you know, proven that we carry trauma in our DNA. We inherit it. it. I think it's five or six generations it can get passed down to. But I, I definitely hold discernment with the ancestors I work with and I call into my space. Um, I think of like a psychic vampire in a lot of ways. And, you know, sometimes people ask me, have you ever had a session where uh, ancestor, crossover loved one that was like evil show up? And I'm like, it's not that they're evil. I just feel like they are not, um, I guess benevolent is what I would call it. So what I mean is, I feel like they're very much uh, showing up for themselves and not showing up for the client. And I do believe certain ancestors will want to show up for themselves and not so much for the client. I do think that different ancestors have, um, or spirits when we cross over, we don't always reach that enlightenment, I guess, right away. Um, You know, I do think there's probably a different process for everyone because I think about it in the human world like I think everyone has a path and a journey that is you know goes in different ways and I I would I believe on the other side it's can be similar um I don't think it's like the same five-step process in the same time frame for everyone uh so for me I I look at it as like this psychic vampire thing in a way um you know, vampires we have to invite in to our space, right? They can come knocking, but we're the ones that invite them in, but they really are ones that just take. They're not really giving, uh, you know, psychic vampires take. And a lot of times they will show up, like I said, in like these psychic ways of um, a lot of times dream states. So it's like when you invite your ancestors in, you know, even Tanette told me this, uh, we call in our benevolent ones so because they have... They want to collaborate is how I look at it. Like benevolent ancestors, enlightened ancestors, they want to collaborate with us. Um, And because our ancestors were in human form at one point, they did have an ego. And I really take that into account because I do think some people don't have, um, I guess, a healthy relationship with their ego. Uh, in their human lifetime and you know I I think it's because of maybe other trauma and they've been taught this and that sort of thing so it's not really a a blame game sort of thing but it's just what their evolution was in their human form in that lifetime so for me it's always important to invite benevolent ancestors and um, I you know I've had sessions where I'll be like, hey, like, I feel like your spiritual team is like being the translator and they're even doing like a barrier, like your angels and your guides. I was like, but there's someone on the other side that's crossed over where I feel like maybe you don't want to hear from them right away. And people will verify and be like, yeah, well, they were really shitty to me. And so with that, when it's like, okay, well, you know, I really take discernment and want to respect people's boundaries. And so when it comes to ancestral healing, Um, when I was starting to look into it, I got a little confused because, um, I think it gets really wrapped up and I think this is what's interesting with this other ancestor that I connect with that, uh, you know, identifies as like a two spirit and comes through with that energy. I think sometimes ancestral stuff can get really divided by gender and we all have feminine energy and masculine energy, Right. 
And I think sometimes we, there's like this thing where, okay, well, the mother's side is healing only feminine stuff. And then, you know, the father's side is all like masculine stuff only, but every person has that own energy. So I think it's a blending of, um, masculine and feminine energy, but we can limit it by trying to assign that by gender. So for me, it's been really interesting because of my mother's side. So her father crossed over. He was abusive to her. Um, he was sexually abusive to her. And it was interesting because then she experienced childhood sexual abuse and then I did. Um, and, you know, for her, I don't know my grandfather's story. I don't know if he experienced that himself, but... I don't want to have a relationship with him on the other side. And it's important for me to have that boundary because I think sometimes with ancestral healing, I thought I really had to work with everyone and kind of take on everyone's healing story. But I do think there's some stuff, right, with my grandfather that isn't like, like some of it I do have to heal. But I, I because he was so ego-focused and egocentric, in his human life line, um, I really have discernment of working with him because, again, if he's not wanting to work in a collaborative sense and he's just operating from a me and I space like he did as a human, um, I'm really just being a like a workhorse for him, I guess. Like I'm really just, you know. I don't think it allows him to reach that enlightenment point. I really think it almost does him a big disservice. But this is my belief. So, again, I I do think, you know, use your, your own belief on that. But I know there are things from him I need to heal for my well-being, for my mother's well-being and that sort of thing. But all of his, like, it would be a lot, right, <laughs> to sit here and take on all of our ancestors' stuff forever all the time. Um, and we may not always know what that is. And I think it's important that we start from immediate family and work our way backwards. But I think it can come to a point where we get kind of, um, it can get, I guess, not in a collaborative effort with our ancestors. That's why I like to invite only benevolent ancestors in, um, ones that want to collaborate with me, ones that want me to heal, that it's not just like, I don't get anything from my grandfather that he wants me to heal. I do not, he has tried to come through before, before I like laid it down, I gave him space to be like, kind of like plead your case. <laughs> and I just didn't get that from him. I didn't get that he wanted to have a collaborative effort. It kind of just felt like he wanted me to do that for him. And I'm, I'm just not, you know, I don't enjoy his spiritual energy on the other side. It feels very um, not safe for me. So I did have to make that discernment. And I really kind of was like, well, am I, you know, I had to look at like what that heals. And I realized with a lot of our healing, we're really looking at healing uh, masculine and feminine. And it's not so much like, the men or the father line is all masculine and it's not that mother line is all feminine. Um, 
because we all have masculine and feminine energy in us. And so we're really kind of, we can't get too caught up in gender stuff. And I, I was really confused about that for a really long time. So I just wanted to share my experience with that and story and, and my viewpoints on it. Um, Cause I think the gender thing really kind of creates a lot of um, limiting space for us. And, um, you know, I wanted to share too, I, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of opinions on what happens when people cross over. And again, it's not that I think people are evil when they cross over. Um, I do think that there are people that haven't let go of their ego right away, though. I do think there are some people when they cross over try to hang on to it because I think they may think it is, you know, maybe they weren't ready to cross over and be spirit, and that's what keeps them human. I think that maybe that keeps them human. Or they don't understand the heal, like what they, you know, what it allows them to let go of when they let go of ego. Um, and so for me, I really think about that. And I think about is the spirit, is this ancestor coming over to collaborate in our healing together? Or are they really doing this in a way that they just want to be of service for themselves? So I, I, I look at that a lot. And again, you know, I remember the first ancestor dream I had. It was a lot of people. <laughs> it was a lot of people, a lot to take in. And Tanette even said that she's like, you know, you, it's going to be, they're going to show up. You invite them, they're going to show up. Um, but you don't, you know, you can have it RSVP only. It can be overwhelming for me. It was a little overwhelming um, at first. And so I really had to be like, okay, like, who wants to work with me first? What benevolent energy wants to work with me first? Um, and that's where I started. And it was interesting that that one ancestor showed up that I do feel like is farther back in my lineage, but I think they knew I needed them so much right now that they showed up, maybe not fully, because I do think there's some more work I have to do to um, have a, that deeper connection with them and kind of get through some of that murkiness of understanding their story, our connection, my history, and I'm really hoping to be able to do that when I can safely travel again or feel safe traveling, I guess. Um, but it's, it's really amazing that they showed up to me like that. And, you know, on my mother's side, too, uh, to be doing the work, and especially with my mother right away, and, you know, being able to do that healing work with, with her now that she's crossed over, um, you know, over a decade ago. But... There's a lot of work to do, um, and it was really interesting, my connection with her for a while after she passed, and, you know, sometimes you'll hear different things, like, people will be like, oh, I heard from so-and-so right away, and I do think it's interesting, spirits, because we all have different relationships with family members, right, like, my relationship with my mother is very different than the relationship my mother had with any of my aunts or uncles, um, and so I do think they can show up for people in that relationship and with the healing with that in different ways um, because of the unique relationships that we have. So, you know, I used to get kind of frustrated when it's like, oh, I connected with them right away or they told me this or they told me that. And I was like, okay, but, you know, my mom and I had a lot of shit to get through and be blunt. We had a lot of stuff that we had to work on healing in our relationship and, 
you know, maybe I do think maybe someone else in the family will be able to step up for my grandfather. Um, I'm not that person. And I've really had to make peace with that. Part of a big lesson for me is that I don't have to be responsible for everyone else. I'm meant to be responsible for myself and being part of being responsible for myself means, um, having boundaries, setting boundaries and allowing myself to be safe, especially in working with spirit. It's a big part of my life. Um, it's an intense part of my life and, and you know, that's important to me. So I just want everyone to know that if you're feeling called to work with your ancestors. Um, you know, please, please connect with them. Trust your intuition. What's right with you. Um, call in those benevolent enlightened ancestors uh, reach out to Tanet. She offers mentorships on it. Uh, healing Ancestral Karma by Dr. Stephen Farmer. Um, you know, there are ways you can heal ancestral karma without having to work directly with that ancestor. Like I said, I'm doing stuff to heal ancestral karma around my grandfather, but I'm not working with him directly per se. Um, and I, I think it's important in the work and ancestry work to be able to honor your own boundaries because you are the vessel right now. You are the one in human form being able to do that work as a human. And I think it does require honoring our, our human selves and our human experience and making sure that we are taking on what we can um, and really honoring our energy and our space and bandwidth and that sort of thing. So... I just wanted to share that because I think it's coming through for a lot of people right now, ancestral stuff. Um, and again, um, follow the Contra Goddess on social media. She has a lot of great resources. And Dr. Stephen Farmer is not as active on social media, but you can Google his name and, and find his website right away. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Uh, it was really special to me to be able to share these stories with you and to open up a little bit about my history and my experiences with this. Again, I'm not an expert. I just wanted to share my journey so far in this and what I've encountered. And I hope it brings you some guidance and um, sparks some curiosity for you in your own healing journey and human experience. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Woo Woo Report. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Nicole Baron, N-I-C-O-L-E-B-U-R-R-O-N to stay up to date on everything 